Hi, I'm Tony Iavino. I'm the assistant director here at Oceanside Library. And this is a very special broadcast of the This Is Oceanside podcast here at the Oceanside Library. Uh, we're delighted to uh, welcome our great friends at School 5. They're going to be the ones doing the interviewing today, and they're going to be interviewing Rob Schulman from Limkind Foundation, a great organization based right here out of Oceanside. So without any further ado, I introduce School 5 and Mrs. Stea. Hi, my name is Mrs. Stea. We're excited to be here today. We're sixth graders at school number five. With me today I have is Caitlin Vavona. Hi. Rocco Fontanelli, Avery Quinones, Maddie Howe, and Zainab Shakir. Hi, wonderful. And uh, and Rob, you want to introduce yourself? Well, hello there. Thank you, Tony and Ms. Stea for uh, inviting me to your podcast and, and uh, interviewing me. So my name is Rob Schulman. I'm the executive director and the founder of the Limkind Foundation, uh, based right out of Oceanside, New York. Um, so we've had a wonderful uh, beginning past couple of years with this crew, and it's amazing. It's fantastic to be joining them again for some more uh, interactions and collaborations with this group. So, so Miss Day, I, I know you have some amazing uh, students there, some of our Limkind Junior Ambassadors. I, I've heard that you guys have a few questions for me. We do. Okay, here we go. Okay. Our first question is, we heard you opened up a new location. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So part of the, um, we have two sides of, with Limkind Foundation, we have two aspects of our mission. Um, one is international and one's domestic. Um, the domestic portion of it is what you're relating to, which is our new pro uh, prosthetic and orthotic center for kids um, here in New York. So it's really exciting. We just opened up around two months ago. Uh, we are in Queens, New York in Ozone Park, and it is a pediatric center for children who are in the need of prosthetic devices or orthotic devices. And that's a different, any type of bracing. So it's really exciting because there really aren't any facilities that are independently run specifically for children. Kind of like, do you guys as kids, do you go to grown-up doctors, do you go to pediatricians? Pediatricians. Pediatricians, right? Well, people, children who need these types of devices need the same type of pediatric care, just like you guys do. So that's a really exciting thing and why we opened up this, uh, this facility. And here in the facility, we geared everything for kids. So what we're in the middle of doing now is trying to make it a lot of fun. So we, you know, all the different aspects around it, well, really colorful. Um, there's one huge wall. The entire wall is a chalkboard, which everyone loves to come and draw on and whatnot. Um, we just got delivered from one of our amazing donors, donated an arcade game. Now, this has been making it a little tough for me to get my work done, I tell you. This arcade game is one of those real old-school arcade games, but this one has 240 games on it. Everyone you can think of, Ms. Pac-Man and all the different ones. But um, So the kids can play, and they don't even have to pay quarters. It's all free. Um, but not only is it a fun place for them to be, but we also have, obviously, the uh, practitioners like myself, but um, eventually we're going to have physical therapy and occupational therapy here at the location. Um, so it'll be all based for what the kids are in need of. Thank you. Sure. We have one other question. Go ahead, Madeline. Our, Maddie. <laughs> our second question is, besides helping children in other countries, how does Limkind help kids right here in the U.S.? So, you know, when we first started Limkind, um, we knew what we wanted to do, but, you know, when you have a vision of something, 
you you know that it's going to take time to do. So when we said, okay, we're going to have this really cool center. And as part of the center, we'll have a youth group because why not have a place for children who, you know, who are, have limb loss and dips, different other types of uh, limb differences um, to be able to get together and be with other kids just like them. Um, so we started the youth group because we don't need the center to have that. Um, so the youth group has been a lot of fun. Um, the most recent event we just had, uh, we had a day in the city where the kids were able to first go to the Museum of Ice Cream, which was insane. I think we had about four or five scoops of ice cream. Was, I think everyone had a stomachache by the end of the day. Um, then we went to the Rockettes, which was super cool because uh, if anyone's just in general, it's a wonderful show. But one of the Rockettes now, um, she has, she is born with limb loss as well. So she's missing her arm from about her wrist down. And not only did we see her in the show, but after she came and did a meet and greet with us. So the kids got to see, you know, someone who really has defied the, the odds and really shown that anything is you know possible and you can do whatever you want to do. Um, then one of the other really cool things, and I know you guys have been involved with this, is what we call the Show Your Shine event. Um, and this is what we, we say is we're redefining the runway. See, unfortunately, a lot of children with limb loss, when they walk around the neighborhood or in school or walk around anywhere, lots of people stare at them. They always are busy staring because you know, they're not trying to be mean. They just, if they're seeing something they've never seen before, um, someone who's missing their limb. But the reality is, is would you guys like to be stared at all day long by people as you walk around? I mean, gosh, I don't want to be stared at all day long, right? Just because my bald head or something. But, you know, this is a reason why we say, let's stare at them for all the right reasons. And my sister, Jill Smith, who's the organizer event, she came up with that phrase of uh, let's stare at them for all the right reasons, right? So they, they walked the runway and all this, this runway event that we had, this fashion show, was all people with limb loss or limb difference. So it was really pretty awesome. We treated them like rock stars and celebrities with the uh, paparazzi kind of a welcome that you guys help with and um, a whole day of beauty and then walked the runway later and everyone just went crazy applause and it was a really, you know, this is the second event. It's been very successful for us, for the children. Um, they love it. So we're really happy with that. Thank you. Sure. Our third question is, we would love to continue to help Limkind. What is your next adventure? Ah, so yes, like we said, domestic and international, right? So internationally, we go to countries and then we take a team for a week at a time. And our teams consist of prosthetists, physical therapists, amputee mentors, like older amputees, and a photographer. And we go to these locations and we make prostheses for 25, 30 children in one week. So it's a really crazy, fast-paced week, but an amazing week, um, none to doubt. So our very next trip, because it's been hard with COVID, we were supposed to go to Haiti, uh, you know, even with COVID, once COVID started to lighten up a little bit, and that got... Uh, ruined because of the uh, earthquake and some violence there. Um, and then Ethiopia, we were planning to go there and they've had some issues. So our very next trip will be, who's going to give me a drum roll? Ready? Drum roll. Is April 1st, the first week of April, we are going to Kenya, which was a location that we were planning on going when the actual, when COVID first began. So we're really excited. This is a new location. Uh, we're going to take a team there in just a few months. 
Um, so that's about, I guess, what, four or four and a half months from now. Um, and then after that, we are planning a trip in July to go to another new location that we were planning, which is Sri Lanka. Uh, who wants to take a guess where Sri Lanka is? Zainab. Yeah, so in the middle. It's like, um, it's a small island. Um, it's in uh, like India. Yeah, it's exactly. It's right off the southern tip of India. Um, and it's an island there that really needs our help. So we're going to be going there in July. And we're going to cross our fingers for the people in Ethiopia. They're having a really a tough time right now with some civil war uh, action and whatnot. And we're hoping that it doesn't happen, the, the fighting that's going on there. And if it does not happen, then hopefully the Limkind team, we can get a team there uh, at the very end of this year. So that we're crossing our fingers, mostly for the people there that they're safe and they don't, you know, have any casualties or anything like that. But uh, if, if everything's safe, we're going to hopefully get there at the end of the year. So Kenya's next. Thank you. All right. So uh, this is we're going to take a short little break and then we're going to come back with uh, with some more of these amazing questions from our school five troop uh, and uh, and more time with Limkind's Rob Schulman. So we'll be right back. Here at the Oceanside Library, we continue to provide world-class resources and programming uh, despite uh, the restrictions uh, imposed by COVID. Uh, we have materials and resources that you can access 24-7 from the comfort of your home, uh, including not only research databases, but you can download movies, TV shows, audio books, and e-books uh, right to your uh, your Kindle, uh, iPad, computer, uh, or any other device that, that you have. Um, some news, uh, we are working on a new, a new website, which should launch uh, sometime uh, in uh, around February 1st. In the meantime, we will be reaching out to the community to help with beta testing. Uh, as far as the construction goes, uh, we are entering the final phases of design and approval. Uh, and uh, look forward to uh, moving into our temporary quarters in the Lincoln Shopping Center uh, and breaking ground on the new building uh, sometime in uh, January or February of 2022. If you are a business owner, we can provide you with the resources to help you manage your business, to expand your business, to find customers, and to train your staff. You should also know that employees of Oceanside Library uh, District employers are entitled to an Oceanside Library card where they can use our full slate of resources. There is so much to see and do and to participate in at the Oceanside Library. We hope that you, you stop in. If you're not on our email list, uh, just call us at 516-766-2360 or email me at aiovino, that's A-I-O v-i-n-o at oceansidelibrary.com and you'll be put on our email list and we'll keep you apprised of everything that's great that's going on here at the Oceanside Library. And we're back here uh, with continuing with This is Oceanside. I'm Tony Iavino. I'm the assistant director here. We have our very special uh, question group. We've turned over the interview to uh, our amazing team at School 5. 
and they'll continue now with their uh, interview of Rob Schulman of Limkind Foundation. Mrs. Steya, your 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 group is back on. Thank you. In creating our Samsung software tomorrow invention, we follow the engineering design process. Ask, imagine, plan, improve. Do you follow a certain process when you create prosthetics for people who need them? You know, it's actually interesting. Um, I was as I was just listening to you say those five uh, the five terms. I never actually thought of it in those exact words, but that's exactly what we do when we create a prosthesis. Um, I, I wrote them down as you were saying them. The first one was ask. Um, we, we talk to a patient and we have to learn um, all about them. We have to learn what the types of activities they do. And, and you know, we wouldn't make the same prosthesis for a young kid who's playing sports versus an older teen who maybe likes to sit and do gaming or, you know, do something or dance or, you know, different things. So you have to really find out what it is that that person is in need of. Um, then the next part, imagine, well, that's my part. I have to be creative and I have to create a, a prosthesis that'll accomplish the goals to make it specific for that person. Then the next one I think I wrote down was plan. Well, in the middle, we do a lot of engineering type planning with measurements and what types of things will fit to the next part and all types of technical things. So that's the plan part. Um, I think it said create was the fourth one that you said, um, which is what we call the fabrication stage. And that's when we actually make the device. And we have a lab uh, in the basement of here where all those little elves get together and make the prosthesis. <laughs> They're not gonna like that I called them elves. But. Um, and then the, the last one I thought was actually brilliant where it said improve. Because you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. I'm almost in, in doing this industry for almost 30 years, 29, I think to be exact. And never once do you think you know everything. You can always learn. Never ever think that you're done learning. You can always get better at what you do. So when we see someone with a prosthesis and you say, hmm, how could we have made that better? You know, no one's perfect. I try to make the best one that I can, but I'm always trying to see if there's anything I could do to make things better for the next person and then so on and so forth. So this, this actual design process is uh, exactly how we build a prosthesis. I love the term, the terms. I'm going to have to remember those five terms. Thank you. Okay, Rocco, come closer. Uh, we see that you did a TED Talk. What was that experience like? Were you nervous? Uh, you know, it was a, it was actually a lot more um, involved than I thought it was when I first said yes to doing it. At first, I thought, oh, okay, I'll write a, you know, I'll write a talk about my experiences, about what I do. I kind of do a lot of these types of talks, right? and I can write my notes and I can read off something. And I wrote it and, and they have someone that helps you. Um, so I was writing it back and forth and the person was helping me improve my speech. And then she says, okay, now it's time to start memorizing. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> and I, I didn't realize that you have to memorize your speech. You know, the 10 to 15 minutes, I think it was. And I was like, oh wow, that's a lot of memorizing. And so, that was actually the hardest part because I was really, um, I guess you could say I was a little nervous, not to speak in front of people because I kind of like doing that, but it was more that I didn't want to mess up. I'm used to, you know, reading something or like what I'm doing right now, I could talk about me and what I've done. It's my life, right? Um, but this was specifically written and I had to remember word for word and you have to stand on this one red circle that's about maybe three or four feet across in every direction. And the light focuses on you in this big spotlight. So 
I, to practice for this, I set up a big spotlight in my house with some of the lighting that we use for Lemkind. And I put it in my living room with the, with the lights out and only that big spotlight on me. And I would sit there and I'd read my, um, my speech, uh, not read, I'd recite my speech with the pictures that I was using. And that's how I prepared for it. But um, it was actually a wonderful experience. I recommend to anyone to do something that's outside of their comfort zone because it makes you a better person. And it's uh, an interesting process. So, yes, I was nervous and it was amazing. Thank you. I'm not closer. The slogan for the Limkind Foundation is Be Kind, Limkind. Where does the slogan come from and why is Limkind focus on that, uh, the importance of kindness? So I grew up with my, you know, my sister, my mom, and my grandparents uh, in a small little house. And my mom, my grandmother especially, um, they were really big on teaching, you know, their children um, lessons of kindness. And um, this was something from an early age I was taught by not someone telling me about kindness, but shown through actions. I remember we went once I was um, at a, a friendly's restaurant. I don't even know there's too many of those anymore. But there was a little payphone and I reached inside and there was some quarters in there. And I was like, wow, look at the change I just found. And my grandmother said, no, let's bring that up to the counter because the next the last person that used the phone may actually come back for their money. I was like, what? But she was trying to show me that, you know, you, you should be kind and always think of other people and never just think about yourself. So having this in my brain and that kind of being the way I live my life and try to teach the same to my children, um, I created this nonprofit organization and it actually had a different name when I first started it. Does anyone know the name? Who is, what, what do you think it is? Foundation. Yep. Very good. So it was the out on a limb foundation. Cause I was doing a lot of events that I kind of just liked the phrase out on a limb. I thought it was kind of a neat little phrase. And within a month or two of having that name, I got a call from another little organization in California that uh, from a lawyer with that organization that I needed to change the name. And I learned my first lesson on trademark law. So I needed to make up another name and I couldn't think of it. I was like thinking, I'm like, Hmm, something, well, what do we do? We, you know, we provide limbs and what are we doing? We're showing kindness towards other children, right? And it was like, well, what do we do? We, we, and how do, how do we be kind? By being limb kind. And that's, that's how the whole term be kind, limb kind came about. Okay. Which countries have you traveled to with limb kind? How are these countries the same and different from the United States? What are the children like that you help? So let's see. Haiti, um, you know, they had an earthquake back in 2010 that really, really rocked that island. I mean, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people passed away and a lot of people became amputees from that. And that was in 2010, so that's 11 years ago. And shortly after that, I started going to help and make prostheses for children there. And I was doing this by myself. But that's kind of how the whole thing about Limkind started, where I was seeing that, wow, around the world, this is this great need. There are children that have no... Um, prosthetic care. So I decided to not only go back, you know, by myself, but I was going to bring a team with me. Um, so the very first uh, location that we went to was the, uh, was Haiti. And that was amazing. And then we went, we've been to the Philippines, we've been to Ethiopia, um, and then COVID hit and really threw a fork in the, uh, through, you know, changed things up. So we could go to our two new locations, Kenya and Sri Lanka, that we were slated to go to. 
hopefully this year we'll get to go to both of those and COVID won't change that either. Um, how are they the, the countries in the same or different? Well, you know, here in the United States, we're so used to getting anything and doing anything we want to do. If it's two in the morning and you're hungry, what do you do? You call Uber, you go to a drive-thru, right? If you have a cold and you need some medicine, you go to CVS, you get medicine, right? You pretty much can get anything and anything that you want and need here. When you're in these other countries, there is no Uber giving you food. Sometimes these people don't even have food because they're so poor. Um, there's no medical care in some of these areas. There's no medicine for, for, for a lot of these people. So they're very, you know, they're living a different life than we do here in the United States. Um, so that's one of the biggest differences. Um, having said that, a lot of the people there, because when we come, they're so grateful for the fact that we're coming to help them out. So you get the, the gratitude or the thankfulness from these the children and their families is huge. So it's always a great um, thing when they want to help us out. Um, and to say, what are the children like? You know, it's interesting. People have asked me that a lot. And you know what the reality is? They're just like you guys. They still like to play around. They like to goof around. They get sad when things are not good and they're happy when things are happy. Um, they're really not that much different. I mean, maybe some of the games you play are a little different, you know, and the foods they eat might be different. But honestly, children are children. And that's why, especially, we feel that we need to help them out. You know, the kids here get prostheses. Let's help them, too. Thank you. Our last question. Yeah. What are the hopes and dreams for the Limcran Foundation? Are there any hopes and dreams for the Limcran Foundation that have already come true? Yeah. So my hope is that in, you know, a handful of years to come that there are teams from Limkind going all over the world and helping hundreds and hundreds of children every single year. And that's internationally. And I'd love to see maybe three or four of these centers here in the United States, like on the different parts of the country. I think that would be an amazing thing. And just like the school, you know, with the Oceanside schools, how we have you guys um, really collaborating and helping us out. I would love to see schools, elementary, middle, high schools all across the country to know about Limkind and to be able to be a part of it so that they feel that they've helped put prostheses on children just like you do. That's what I envision. And have I have they come true? Absolutely. I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting in this center that I'm sitting in right now or that we would be planning trips to go all around the world. When I have Zoom meetings with the teams, I always need to pinch myself as we're talking like, oh, yeah, we're just going to Sri Lanka or we're just going to Kenya. Um, and it's, it's a really good feeling to know that we're helping the children all around the world in these locations. So they definitely have come true. Thank you. All right, sure. well, th thank you very much. This has been uh, the best episode of, uh, of This Is Oceanside. I want to thank our School 5 team, Mrs. Thea and, and, and uh, team. And I want to thank Rob Schulman uh, from uh, Limkind Foundation uh, for, uh, uh, for joining us and, and for all of the work that you do. Um, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be uh, involved with you guys and to, uh, uh, and, and to listen to the wonderful work that you do and see the wonderful work you do. Uh, if anybody's interested, uh, you can find Limkind Foundation at limkind.org um, for all of their upcoming events and uh, donations and, uh, and news about what's going on. So uh, with that, I want to thank everybody and tell everybody, please be safe. Everybody stay safe. And we thank you for, for joining us here today.
Okay, and that brings us to the end of a very special This Is Oceanside. We want to thank Mrs. Steya uh, and the wonderful Project Extra Kids from School 5, and of course, Rob Schulman uh, from Limkind Foundation uh, and all of the good people there. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again on another This Is Oceanside, which is our podcast, which highlights the people, businesses, and organizations which make the Oceanside Library District so special. Thank you.